Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro. We've got some exciting things to talk about today. But um, before we get into today's content, I wanted to let you guys know, in case you didn't already know, Taylor Swift came out with a, po- oh, no, a documentary on Netflix yesterday at the recording of this. Um, many of you guys know that I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I love following her career and seeing what she's doing and I enjoy her music, um, but I mostly am just really intrigued by her journey and the things that she's chosen and the way she's navigated the whole thing. So the fact that I came out with a documentary, I was like, this, yes, this is right. And I watched it. And I will tell you that I think you probably need to be a Taylor Swift fan to enjoy it. It's kind of slow, or at least for me, it was kind of slow. I enjoyed and appreciated it because, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of Taylor's, but it was interesting to experience. And I actually found myself having some interesting emotional responses um, as she was kind of processing on camera. Her politics come up a little bit, which is interesting to hear her talk about a bit. And then obviously she's processing what is it like to carry the attention of the world and like how does she continue to function as a person and you know, when you need the applause and approval of other people and that's like your highest form of value that you know how to receive from the world and then they turn on you or they say things that, you know, that obviously like took a toll. And so just she got to share some of her journey and it's just a really fun look into the behind the scenes with Taylor. So I think you have to care about it for this to be something worth watching, but um, I enjoyed it. And there's some very cool things in it. Um, anyway, so that came out. And she also released a new song, like a new single, with that documentary. It's called, oh no, something about young people. <laughs> the Young Run or something. It's interesting. And she starts talking about it, or like writing it in the the documentary. And so you can listen to it afterward. That was super cool. I was like, what is this? I've never heard this song before. Which that makes me feel like I'm a real fan. Anyway, so there you go. It's on Netflix. It's great (laughs) if you care about that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so today, you guys, I want to talk about a a subject that kind of has a, you know, gargantuan ramification in our life if we're serious about it. (sighs) I want to talk about destiny. Destiny. (laughs) Destiny. It's a big deal. Um, I want to just share a little bit of my journey with this subject and then kind of share some of my insight and perspective and experience on this at this point. Um, And I think it's a pretty significant subject for a lot of us, Um, especially those of you listening to this who are followers of Jesus. This is kind of a, you know, pillar to our existence. (laughs) Um, But growing up, I got, you know, I grew up in the church, the Christian world, and I got saved when I was four did the Christian thing, um, went to church, all the, all the stuff, and had this solid belief that God had a plan for my life, right? That was normal. I, I guess I expected that God was going to play these things out on purpose and whatever. Um, and then as I got into my like late teens, early 20s, I think somewhere along the way, I don't remember a conscious decision being made, but I think I gave up on that idea. I stopped believing that. And I don't remember like what happened, but it stopped making sense. And I started assuming that my life was going to be what I made it, right? I had to choose these things and I had to make this stuff happen. And it was based on me. And I had, 
you know, all the power in this, basically. I wouldn't have said that out loud. I would not have known how to communicate this, but I think that was true. I believed that. And I remember it was one day I was driving back from San Francisco with some friends, and my best friend at the time was talking to me about his life and things that were coming up. And he had this whole posture and attitude that to me was like intellectually immature, I guess, which wasn't appropriate because he wasn't like that, but also inspiring. So I had this weird like contradicting experience. He was talking about his life as if these things were happening on purpose, like someone else was causing them to happen, like God was orchestrating them. He was talking about this relationship he was in and this trip he was going to go on and these things he was going to be investing in like someone else had intentionally lined these things up for him providentially, right? And he wasn't trying to make a case for God. He was just expressing himself. But I remember thinking, I don't believe like that. And I wish I did. And I felt envious. And I w that wasn't a normal experience for me, but I was, I was envious. It's like, I want to believe like he does. I want to know God. Yeah, I want to like look to the future the way he's looking at it. And I don't feel that way. Cause, and the thing is, you guys, I think part of the reason that I ended up in that place was because I made choices in my life. I was not planning on bringing this up. I made choices in my life out of fear and out of control. <clears throat> which I think over time desensitized me from the voice of God in my life. And so I think there are some of us in our lives where it feels like God's voice is far away. Like he doesn't care, like he's not paying attention or he, he's disinterested or whatever. And that's not true. And the Bible obviously reflects that he's anything other than uncaring or uninterested. But I think that tends to be the experience when we make choices that are contrary to what God authored in our lives and we're going a route or a direction that he did not like inspire. And so I was working at a, in a corporate job for a couple of years at this point. And I went there because I was afraid of the future. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know if I had any significance. And to me, amassing money was like the fastest, most legitimate and obvious way for me to prove to the world that I had value, you know? And I didn't know this at the time. I can say it now in hindsight, but at the time I didn't know that's what was driving me necessarily. I was aware of the fear. I didn't know how intense and like far reaching it was. Anyway, so I think that choice and that lifestyle, I continued to agree with going after things and valuing things that God wasn't leading me to value. Um, money was an idol in my life. It was a security, right? It was my, my safety net. So it was interesting because like the next day, literally, I'm at work and God stepped in and talked to me and changed my life and everything changed. And that's, I think I talked about this earlier in my podcast, so we don't even talk about it now. But um, I lost sight of the destiny thing for a while there. And then all of a sudden God stepped in and he and the verbatim, the thing he said to me was, what are you doing here, Mike? You're not supposed to be here. I have something else for you. That's all he said. And I flipped out. It changed my life. And not because of what he said, but because he said anything. And what I took away from that on a spiritual level was my dad sees me. He has a plan and there's a direction to this. And all of a sudden, because he has a plan, I don't have to have one. Not that there isn't one and that the plan doesn't matter and that I shouldn't know what it is, but that I don't have to come up with it was what happened that day. And it changed my life. I think that there was a spirit of adoption in that that I finally got to connect with and like experience and identify with. And it gave me so much peace and security looking at the future. It was so weird because all of a sudden my future became a blank slate. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. And I felt the most secure. Whereas the day before, I'm the one who had all the plans and I had this stuff worked out and I had you know, the resources to back it up and whatever. 
and I was miserable and I was terrified and I did not enjoy my life. And, um, I felt powerless, you know, which is so strange. It's, it seems like people, we, we grab control because we think it's going to make us powerful and actually grabbing onto control disconnects us from the power that actually sustains and protects us. It's so weird. The way we're powerful in this life is from a dependent submission to God. It's crazy, right? So anyway, all that to say, um, the reality of the existence that we're walking out is that there is a plan for every single one of us. And I'm not saying this to be Disney about it or fairy tale. Like this is legitimately how our world is designed. We all got brought forth by a dad, by a father. We are not created by some deity on a throne who's watching us and hoping that we serve him. That's not how this works. We were breathed into existence from his nature. Like we carry his image and his likeness and we are his expression in this place. And there is a shocking like bond to this. Like just the state of our existence is an expression of the nature of our dad. So there's not a separation there. When we're born again, we walk with Jesus. There is a union and a oneness to this. And he has intentionality and purpose. There is a plan in place and these things are meant to happen. There are people that are supposed to be in your life. And it's not, you're going to make it happen, you're not going to make it happen, whatever. There are things that God orchestrates. And I, here's the deal. We, we start wondering about free will and predestination and all that stuff, right? I don't want to get into theology, but I would like to propose when we are submitted to the Lord and how he's going to play out the path in front of us, that submission actually opens us up to possibilities that wouldn't be there without that. When that trust is engaged, there are people who will come into your life. <laughs> when that faith is engaged, there are events and circumstances that will take place. And there are not powers in this world that can stop that stuff. The only thing that can stop it is us, is ourselves, is our unwillingness to say yes to what he's doing. And because of his love, his nature being love, and the free will we've been empowered with, we get to choose not to say yes to that. And when that happens, we don't derail stuff. We choose for those things not to take place. And out of his kindness and his love for us, he allows us to choose that if we want. Obviously, he wants us to go the route he's choosing because the route he's choosing is the best for us. Um, this is all predicated on the belief and the idea and understanding that our dad knows better than we do. This is all about trust. And those of us who can't afford trust don't get to know these things. We don't get to experience them. And so we experience the consequence and the discrepancy of not being surrendered to our dad. Um, so I guess I want to say this in this whole subject. Um, there's a plan for your life. I'm saying this to everyone. Whether you've met Jesus or not, there's a plan for who you're supposed to be in this world. I don't mean in a general humanity way, but like in a specific in this timeline, in the location that you're in with the people in the industry and the skill set and the family lineage and all those things, there is a plan. And yeah, he's that complex. He's that multifaceted. He's that intelligent. There is a design to this and there are things that are supposed to take place. Some things are certain and it doesn't matter what Satan comes up with, what demons, what gravity, what global warming, any of the things we can come up with that might threaten our um, connection to possibility. There are things in our lives that will take place regardless as we walk out of surrender to the Lord, to God. Um, he walks it out. He orchestrates it. He protects it. Um, and I've seen seasons in my life. I guess I've gotten to a point in my life where I've gotten to see seasons and patterns. And when I am surrendered to the Lord and I say yes to what he's doing, which comes with sacrifice, comes with consequence, right? There are things I don't get to do. I don't get to have. And uh, 
when that happens, it's shocking how the results line up better than I could have come up with. And when I look at those seasons of my life where the things were lining up, I'm like, shoot, there's no way I could have personally organized that. I couldn't have orchestrated it. There are things that came into place that I could not in my wildest dreams or like most legitimate efforts have arranged. I couldn't have done it. And so from that place, it's a beautiful, in hindsight, reward to see his intentionality and his faithfulness in that place. And there are other times where I'm like, <laughs> I don't know that it's happening usually and I would never say this out loud, probably, because I don't know if I'd be willing to admit it to myself, but there are probably, there are times, no, not probably, there were times in my life where I was like, God, I got it. Thank you for getting me here. It's my turn. And I go after things. <laughs> um, and I'm not proud of that. It's not awesome. But when that happens, life, and I'm telling you guys, it's like clockwork. It's like gravity. Life gets hard. And God is not punishing me. He's not even necessarily opposing me. There are times where he does. It's not necessarily even just that. It's that I'm trying to blaze through a world with a viscous environment that is already oppositional to my progression because I'm trying to do it on my own. And the willpower and the energy that I possess is not strong enough to push past all the debris, all the things that get in the way. And it's not unique to me. This is true for all of us. It's crazy. The moment we say yes to him, Usually, especially when we're from, coming from that place, we feel this huge like shift in the tectonic plates of our being, right? Of our motivations and what we're driving us. And when that shift happens, you feel this thing that gets let, um, that gets released, if you will, like lifted off of you. Usually, that moment happens when we make a choice to let go of something we've been holding onto that wasn't his. It wasn't his idea, right? And so it comes with sacrifice. It comes with the repentance, with a risk. Like, I don't know what's going to happen if I don't have this thing anymore. And for us, for most of us, it's often a plan. It's a relationship. It's a career path. It's a location. It's a circumstance. It's a lifestyle. It's whatever. Um, it's an identity piece. Like, to let go of that thing feels terrifying because we don't know what's going to happen without it. This thing has become a crutch. It's become a safety blanket, right? It's become our source of, like, security and understanding and comfort rather than the Lord. And so to let it go feels really vulnerable because we don't know what's going to happen afterward. And it's in the letting go of that thing that actually frees us up to consider as a child, what is my dad doing? What is he saying about this, right? And when that happens, all of a sudden we get lifted into this like place of ease and grace. And all of a sudden we're carried instead of having to push and trudge and climb. And it's interesting. This subject matter is interesting because I'm an entrepreneur. And so I'm surrounded by hustlers. I am consuming that kind of content on a regular basis and a lot of it is super helpful and there's a mindset and an attitude that's important for that world but there are also a lot of orphans out there who own multi-million dollar businesses and lead a lot of people and they're doing it on their own they tap into prosperity principles and you know leverage things that are true in the spirit but some of the attitudes come from an orphan from someone who doesn't know how to trust in god who doesn't know how to like be led. They have to grab and grind and force and hustle. And, and it's when you get to a point where it's on you that things get really painful and difficult and you have to sacrifice things that are alive and that are precious in order to make that work. And it sucks. And you might even get results. And so it feels like a false sense of validation because you're producing, you know, fruit, if you will, right? But sometimes that the evidence of what we're doing working is not legitimate fruit. It's just fleshly. It's soulish. It's based on a lower level of existence. It's not coming from spirit and it's not life, right? Um, and so through that journey, it's interesting because I'm straddling the ministry slash church world and the business slash entrepreneur world. And I live in both all the time constantly. 
and sometimes they conflict. There's a beautiful symmetry and like cohesion and relationship here that's awesome and I really enjoy and appreciate and feel very strongly about. But then there's sometimes an orphan thing on either side of this where they fight each other and I'm like, man, I feel the Lord on this side of the conversation, not here. Or conversely, like, and I would say for the entrepreneurship thing, there's a temptation to be a self-made orphan, climbing a mountain, doing this on your own, off of your own self-effort and your own willpower. And that's actually not even an accurate narrative. But even if that is what's happening, the results are not sustainable. They're not life-giving and they're all based on our own whatever, right? It's not worth it. Oh, and it's one thing to like say that. It's another thing entirely to actually understand that from your heart you know, and recognize that that's true. Anyway, my point in all that is whatever your dreams are, Whatever things you want to see happen, whether it's, I want to be married with children and I want to raise my kids to be a certain way. That's a legitimate dream. That's awesome. If that's your dream and you try and make that on your own, it doesn't matter if you get married and have kids. If you made that happen, and it was based on your effort and the things you decided, that dream will become a, a cage. It will become a nightmare. And I'm using that one because it's pretty like, we feel like that subject matter gets kind of insulated from all these other principles. I'm like, that's not true. Like, as intimate as it gets, if it's still something you came up with, something you forced, something you made happen, and it wasn't something you were led into, those things become painful and difficult, and there's a lot of drama and consequence and frustration that has to get worked out. Um, but obviously that's true in business and you know, you, how you manage your body and your relationships and whatever, like all those things, we're meant to be led in this place and not in any one subject matter, led in all of it, in the way that we choose, the way we perceive, the way we engage. And all that to say, it's not just, oh, there's some ambiguous general way that God's going to lead you. No, there's a specific, intentional, laser-like focus that God has for how you're meant to walk out your life. And it's not a standard to be imposed on you that you have to like be perfectionist now. It's a possibility of union and clarity and alignment that brings power and freedom, safety, hope, resilience. It's worth it. And I've gone through seasons of both, <laughs> of... I made this happen and this sucks, seriously. And then seasons of, whoa, I didn't do this and this is incredible. And the thing is, when we get into the places where we're walking with the Lord, the things that show up as results are all gifts. They're not like, wow, look what I did. They're like, holy cow, look what my dad gave me. Look what I'm being offered. Look what I'm being handed. That, ugh. And we're meant to be given these things. We're not meant to like force them or earn them. Ugh. And it even feels wrong to say that as a business owner. I'm like, no, you got to work, man. And that's true. You do have to, you have to work. That's true. But the work has to come from inspiration and guidance, not agenda and control and forcefulness. You know, there's a right order to these things and surrender and trust must come before the effort, must come before the work. The work is an expression of the union, you know? Anyway, so all that to say, you guys, your dad loves you. He has a plan for you. There's a, an intentionality to who you are and why you are the way you are. Your gifting, your anointing, your calling, your personality, all the details, the way you look, like there's an intentionality to it and he loves you. So all that to say, all that being said, in front of you is a whole myriad of, of choices and a, a path with options and alternatives and whatever. And it's not about picking the right one. That's still coming from the wrong place. This is about realizing that the path in front of you belongs to your dad and then all you want to do is say yes to how he's leading and from that place things get exposed things get revealed you experience guidance and clarity and inspiration and it's so much fun and this is supposed to be really enjoyable but it's not about getting anything right it's about trusting in the guy who knows all the things and from that place an expression gets made 
And you get to know as you go, as your friendship continues to develop with the Lord, you get to know this is happening. This is coming. This is on purpose. This shouldn't be here. It comes with clarity. It's super helpful. We are not left as like blind people groping around in the dark. At some point, our eyes start to work. We start to recognize like, oh, he's like this and he's doing that. And there's still an intimacy in a relationship that must be um, stewarded, right? But it brings clarity. It comes with understanding and you get to like navigate the path in front of you with intelligence and competency and maturity. And it's awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, we're kind of running out of time. I'm going to wrap this up a little bit here, but um, I wanted to take a moment just to make the point here that um, there is a plan for your life. It's not something you're supposed to come up with. It's not something God's deciding right now. It was already in motion and already orchestrated before you took your first breath. It's still here and it's on you. And the plan is actually built in and locked into your DNA. You're carrying it in your personhood. <laughs> the story God's telling through your life is still on you. you and you're not going to get out of it. It'll always be there. And whatever we choose as an alternative will continue to harass, not because God's ruining our lives, but because it's conflicting with the thing that we came into the world with. We all came in with secrets. Every single one of us came into this planet with secrets that we brought with us from heaven, from the heart of our dad. He like wove them into our being. It's fascinating. And we also came with abilities and gifts and fascinations and curiosities. Like those things got formed. Some of them were already like stock in our being, but those are there. And you guys, this, your life is not up to you. You don't get to decide who you're going to be. Some people believe that. And especially in the business world, like you can be whoever you want. And I understand the spirit of that. And I agree with it usually. But the reality is you don't get to decide what you like, what you love, what you care about, what matters to you necessarily obviously there are negotiable like fringe exceptional things to that but underneath the foundational like driver of who you are you came pre-programmed and that sounds weird and it's not like a, you don't have a choice here it's no there's a plan here and i'm going to carry it out with you and we want that we don't want limitless possibility we actually want to know that our dad knows what he's doing that, that's actually what we want believe it or not it's it's fascinating anyway so that being said that plan is already there and it's not about you making it happen. It's not about you like trying to prove to anyone or like guarantee that there's a thing there. This is about like accepting that it's there and then allowing that thing to become evident to you, discovering it. Either you're hunting it down, you're saying yes to God and he exposes it to you and you get to say yes. There are lots of ways this plays out, but that, that plan is already in place. And there are things happening around you in spite of you that are still orchestrating and proposing and inspiring that that plan could be walked out. Firstly, who are you, right? That being expressed. And then what are you meant to do here? It, it comes with all those things. And so I want to just take a moment to encourage you guys that there is a plan for your life. There are things you're supposed to be doing here. There are things that you can't stop thinking about. You can't stop dreaming about. You can't stop wanting. You can't stop being upset about. Like these are all like symptoms of an undercurrent of a plumb line, if you will, of how this is supposed to be for you. Not in general, not for humans. Obviously, there's that standard, but specifically for you. And it's the privilege of your life to discover that and say yes to it. Not to change it, not to alter it, not to fight it. To say yes because your dad is the leader. He gets to call the shots. Obviously, people who don't know Jesus, this feels offensive and isn't super fun because they don't know this guy and we want control and we want freedom. We think freedom is I can do whatever I want. Freedom is actually being bound to what we love. Firstly, him. And then what he wants is actually what we want. It's, and that has to be revealed to us. But that's true. Anyway, so that being said, 
We recently launched a, I want to give you guys an announcement on this. We recently, recently launched a, in a branch of the coaching world here at NUMA called Living Your Legend. And I specifically designed this thing on purpose um, for this very, this very subject. There are so many of us in the world who don't know what our story is. We don't know the character that we're meant to play. We don't know the, the power and the skill and the strength we've brought to the table. We don't understand and haven't discovered the secrets that we already have access to that other people won't find without us. There are so many of us who don't know these things. And the crazy thing is, and this is why I started this whole thing, is we can. We can know this. <laughs> We're supposed to, you know? So Living Your Legend was designed for the people who are interested slash ready to look at this stuff, who want to get in. They want to get in their own boat and they want to leave the shore and they want to paddle. They want to commit to the journey. They want to follow God and say yes to the person they're supposed to be here. So just, I want to give you a brief little description. The group is, um, you sign up... Uh, there's a link. I'll, I'll give you an email address. You can, or yeah, what, um, what's the link? Coaching at pneumaculture.com. If you go to coach, if you email coaching at pneumaculture.com, um, my team can take care of you. But the premise of this is we want to have a group of people who are going on this journey together and they're all going to be at different places, different walks of life, different ages, different experiences. That's awesome. And we want them to get to do this together. But it's a group of people who've all said, I believe that I'm meant to be something in this world. I'm meant to bring something. I'm meant to accomplish something. And I believe that God has the answers for me. All the people in this group have said yes to that. And then they're going on their own personal journey, the vulnerable, risky trust of, am I going to find this person? Can I be them? Can I afford this? Right? Um, but the cool thing is we have one of my coaches specifically paired up with each individual and they have coaching sessions on a regular basis and they get to work out how they want that to be. Um, so in the group, they get regular teaching and insight. They get the community aspect. People are chiming in and like having conversation and bigger dialogue on all this. And then there's regular coaching sessions with people from my team that I've trained in this to walk out their own specific, unique version of what this is for them. Where are they? What are they doing? What is God doing? What is the enemy doing? How do we respond to all of it? It's powerful. I'm so excited. It's still so new. So I don't even have any testimonies to share with you guys yet. Um, but if that's something you're interested in, again, the email address is coaching at pneumaculture.com if you want to check it out. Um, thank you guys for chiming in. Um, would love it if you could subscribe to my podcast um, or YouTube channel. Um, if you have a five-star review you want to leave us, we'd love that. It's super helpful. Um, we would only ask for sincere reviews. <laughs> if you don't love this, don't do it. But if you do, please leave us a, leave us a, a review, a comment. Um, if you guys have any questions, we'd love to know those. If there things you would, you would want to hear on my podcast, you can email us at contact at mikemayashero.com. My team, I actually read a lot of these. My team reads them, make sure that I see the things I need to see. Um, but if you have any questions or things you want to hear me talk about, please email us there. We'd love to hear that. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Listen. There's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.